Hey guys, Chris Bircher, welcome back. This is episode 69, Knowledge Plus Experience Equals Wisdom. Today we're going to talk about how people suck at their jobs. Now, this is sort of building off of the last couple of episodes, specifically the accountability episode, and it's just something that's been under my skin. For the next couple episodes, I'm going to sort of meld the R versus should problem with some very specific and particular things I've noticed that I just can't get past and I just don't understand, and hopefully in the process of doing this and hearing from you guys, I'll understand them better and fit them into the R versus should problem. Eventually, there's going to be some work on how-to's and some specific steps on how to navigate the R versus should problem. Uh, as I continue to do my interviews with people uh, about the R versus should problem, I think I have three or four recorded but not edited. I'm going to do a couple more, and then I'll start to release those in the next few weeks. And, and ultimately, we'll get to some sort of how-to. In the meantime, you know you can check me out on, on www.chrisberger.com, where everything comes out every Friday. I have new episodes. Monday, we have a flashback episode. And Wednesday, there's a preview of Fridays. And uh, I'm continuing to sort of develop the next phase of um, material that I'll be adding, probably in written form, released on the blog uh, at my website on other days of the week, maybe you know, Saturdays and Tuesdays or something like that. Sort of not, I'm sort of losing interest in supporting Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, because I just don't get a whole lot of traction there, but I will continue to sort of advertise my stuff um, at a very minimal level. But if you, if you like this, please follow um, my website and follow me on YouTube or subscribe to my podcast on one of your favorite podcast servers. And that's the best way to keep up with me. Okay. People suck at their jobs. And in, in a, in a big way, this sort of came out of the last episode, which was about accountability or sort of the idea that um, when I look around in the world, I see less than satisfactory behavior from people. Um, you know, and satisfactory being some, you know, sort of dictated or inherent in the idea of the people that we are. You know, there's so what's starting to, 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 to be revealed to me, I think, is that there are some inherent assumptions about the R. And one of these is that you hold yourself accountable for your own behavior and that there is some sort of standard that you can't just run naked through the streets and poop in the alley and, you know, treat people poorly, that there is some golden rule type, very limited, you know, not as specific as, you know, you can't turn right on a green light on Tuesday in a certain traffic pattern, you know, not really weird laws like that, but some, some, something more than just do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but something far less than even like the Ten Commandments or the Bill of Rights, right? And, and so there's some assumption in there that accountability is important. And then the flip side of that is enabling, not enabling is also important. And so we sort of have to, again, take this responsibility and hold ourselves accountable for managing ourselves and each other. What I see in the world is a severe lack of that. And I think this is related to the problems that are occurring in globally right now with, uh, and have been. You know, as populations grown and as technological advances have been made, there are some things you know, that have been created. Climate change issues, pollution, war, famine, depression, these types of problems. So I think this is relevant to the R versus should problem. And I think it's also worth sharing my um, experiences and my thoughts. So I think that in general, if you want to think about jobs, the workforce is a challenging place. Uh, and there's in, incredible income inequality. And what labor is valued at ranges 
dramatically, more so than it ever has before, from basically slave labor. And I think and the models there I think of are like sweatshops in other countries, but also in the United States, you know, fast food employees that make minimum wage that are working their butts off, that are only allowed to work 32 hours a week, don't get benefits, don't get very much money, that are working three jobs just to make some minimum amount that allows them to have a life in, in the mayor to pay their rent, but never gives them any kind of opportunity for growth or for bettering themselves. It's a, it's a, it's a trap, in, much like slavery was. Now, again, if you see my slavery episode, you know I'm not making a direct comparison between these two things, and certainly the freedoms that um, minimum wage working people in the United States have relative to what slaves had. It's n- not comparable, but I think you get my point. Um, if and and so part of this is is because uh, is on the hiring side, right? I see that, and my first thought is, you know, what a crappy job! How can people get away with hiring that? And, and I get it; it's because we've created a scenario where people are desperate to take whatever job they can get, and that job is going to basically be slave labor, making not enough money to keep them trapped that they'll never get out of, or certainly makes it very difficult. And of course, the counter argument that people make is all of those people are lazy and they don't want to work and that's all they want out of life. And certainly there's some of that exists and is true. But I think for the most part, (laughs) people want to have control over their lives and are willing to put in some effort to do that. That's not really what what this podcast is about. What, What this is about, and the example I use in the accountability post is sort of if you have ever had an experience with someone at, say, a retail shop, maybe a big box store, maybe Walmart, maybe Home Depot, maybe Starbucks, maybe McDonald's, where you get an employee and you just sort of say, this person is not taking their job very seriously. They're inept. They're, they're, they seem to just be completely incapable. Maybe they're stoned. You know, they're 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 maybe they're rude, maybe they're condescending to you, and, and you and you just walk away with a with a dumbfounded experience about how this is possible. And part of that reaction, your reaction, is probably related to how come nobody fired him? How how is it they have a job? Where is the boss? Where's the supervisor? Where is the accountability? Where's the elements in the system that are supposed to keep this from happening? Why is this happening? Right, and 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 the, and this could range from well, it's just a fluke, and this person was off, and it was a mistake, and you know if they had the opportunity, they'd apologize and write it. Ninety nine percent of the time, they don't behave like that, and this was just a complete outlier. That's a, that's a possibility, but I'm not even considering those things. You know, we have all had experiences where we have less than satisfactory results in the capitalist market, whether it's goods and services or whatever um, we've experienced, and 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 we can discuss this. Uh, ad infinitum, but at some point, the, the 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 suggestion or the idea or the possible explanation is going to arise that it is related to the relationship between the supervisor and the employee, and that the employee sucks at their job because they are allowed to, because there are enablers who permit that behavior from to occur. Maybe there's a lack of rules, maybe it's a bad job description, whatever. Some part of the system is failing, or that wouldn't happen. Aside from the allowable amount of times that people are, you know, are, 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 are have permission to sort of screw up and have bad days and all that other stuff. I'm talking about 
how does this place stay open? I know you have had these experiences, and I wish I, I you know I have I have a couple of um, uh, specific experiences that that I've had, uh, and I, hopefully they'll. I don't know that they're even worth discussing, but for for one example is we have a real estate. You know, we have pretty complicated taxes, right? Because we have real estate investments. Um, and I'm, I'm self-employed and, you know, it's not, it, it's past doing TurboTax. My experience, and, and, and then I also owned a business for 10 years. And so we had pretty complicated business tax returns to do that are sort of above and beyond the TurboTax type stuff. And so I have had, and my wife has her own business and they've had similar experiences with other accountants and CPAs. And so between us, we've had, you know, uh, the, the, the past the TurboTax experience with probably, a half a dozen different CPAs. And what we have found, uh, well, two things. One, most of these people don't know what they're doing. Uh, or they don't, they don't, they, we have rarely submitted a tax return through a CPA that has seemed like it made sense and has pay, passed through the IRS muster. Either, either, either we get it back because it's rejected, either we, we get notified later from the IRS or the state that says, you paid too much in taxes, here's a rebate, or they look at the taxes and say, you know, there's other mistakes were made. Mistakes have been made. And we're never really satisfied that the explanation we've been given in the form of the return that's been done for us resembles what we thought it would be. Now, that doesn't mean we know but we're pretty smart people, and we have a pretty good idea. It's just a matter of we would rather uh, the businesses that we've been involved with pay an accountant to do this for us. Anyway, my take home from watching the CPAs that we've had experience with is that people suck at their jobs. The CPAs suck at their jobs. And, and this is not getting a small fry in a Happy Meal instead of a medium fry or whatever. This is paying thousands of dollars for somebody to take responsibility for you and having them oversell you about how great of a job they're going to do and you explaining all your little weird caveats and them saying, no, 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 we do this all the time. I got this. I got this. It's like this this initial upfront marketing justification of why they're charging you so much money and you believing it and then having this severely under-delivered product. And this just happened to us, you know, because... Um, our last year's taxes were delayed because of COVID and the, the date was like October 15th. And at the very last minute, literally like 7.30 PM the night before we get this return. And there's all these mistakes that even we can see just, just, and it was, you know, close to $5,000. That's sort of just like, what? And so between getting the wrong order at the fast food drive through to, to, to something like that, or even let's use healthcare. And because my wife is in healthcare and I sort of hear the stories about things that happen to people, there's some severe letdowns. <laughs> Even doctors can suck at their jobs, I guess is my point. And again, there's some percentage of experiences that customers, whatever, uh, um, marketplace consumers are going to experience that's allowed. I mean, we're human. We make mistakes. But then there's you know, something in the middle, and then there's extreme. And I, and I, and I think we can all come up with examples of times we've been in the world where we've just been flabbergasted at something happening. If it's, you know, the the inattentive lifeguard not even looking at the pool day in and day out when you take your kids or whatever, um, to like for me with contractors, I've had contractors come out to my properties 
look around, take measurements, promise me they're going to give me an estimate, and then I'll call them four or five times to follow up, and oh yeah, the estimate's coming tonight, I'll send it tonight, I'll send it tonight, and never get it. And it's like, what's the problem? And in that case, and I could tell you tons more stories about how contractors fail, just getting somebody to answer the phone uh, is really difficult. Uh, so, but, but, and, and maybe you've had a similar experience when you try to get somebody to provide a service for you, and either they don't call back, but what's even weirder is maybe they'll come over and give you an estimate. Maybe they'll say, yeah, I'll show up tomorrow, and they don't show up, and it's just sort of like, all right, look, <laughs> things come up, and maybe that happens. But it has happened to me so many times. I would say it. I'm at like a... I mean, if you wanted to put some numbers on it, if I call 10 contractors, I'm going to get maybe one on the phone. I'll, be, I'll leave messages with nine of them because one of them doesn't have a voicemail. One of the messages will call me back. And out of those three people out of 10 that I actually made contact with, one of them will ever show up and follow through with something that they, uh, they said that they would do, whether it's meet me at a property or whether it's go look at a property or maybe, t- maybe two. So that's a 20% success rate. That's pretty crappy. I would say if you go to a doctor and you got to get your appendix removed and they were like, well, eight out of 10 of my patients die, (laughs) you probably wouldn't do it. Or if you were going to go to Starbucks and they told you, you know, we're going to get your order right 20% of the time, even 50% of the time, it wouldn't fly, right? But how do you hold people accountable for that? Well, the bosses do and you do as a consumer. And so if we continue to uh, patronize businesses like this, they get the message that it's okay to be like this. And so that's where we are with people suck at their jobs. I think we've gotten to a point where we feel like it's okay to, to, to be a average to poor worker. It's like the level of quality that's accepted by the masses has dropped dramatically. And I'm not saying every place should be you know, as have a customer service like Chick-fil-A, who rarely fail to tell you that it's my pleasure to serve you. Um, but you, you don't, you, you, that, that has become the exception to the rule. And, and, and again, I'm almost 50 years old. I've only been around since the 70s. This seems to like something that has changed. The, the, the quality of workers that I encounter in my life has diminished. And the ones that are good stand out like a sore thumb, right? It's like, dang. Like, for example, my wife got me a my minivan because it's been through a lot of kids over the last 10 years. And, I, you know, I take care of it mechanically, and it's also my work van, but I don't really care how good it looks. And she got me a detail, right? I guess I got my van detailed. Those guys went above and beyond. They did things with that van that I just... I, I'm amazed at, and I know how much I paid for it, and I know what their overhead is, and I know what the guys are making per hour, and I'm just like, this is exceptional. And and then later, I'm kind of like, actually, they just did what they said they were going to do, right? I shouldn't be rewarding this so dramatically and going up. Oh, you know, I like to I like to make make people feel good about the quality of work because I know it makes me feel good when somebody says I did a good job. But but it's amazing how much it's changed and how much our expectations have changed. And so it's not just the boss. It's not just us enabling. It's our expectations of what we think we deserve when we go out in public. Now, part of this is complicated for me because if I get bad service at the drive-thru at McDonald's, I don't really blame the person because I'm like, dang, I mean, that job's got to suck. And so I'm a little bit more forgiving when I... When a CPA who's told me, basically, the, the, the sales pitch is, 
you're really dumb, but we're really smart. We can take care of all your stuff. Don't, don't you worry your pretty little head. You just give us the money and you don't have to worry about anything. When that's the sales pitch and what you end up getting is a, you know, somebody else's order. <laughs> it's so wrong. That just doesn't work. And, and it makes me wonder how this is possible. How is this possible that this happened? And so the, I think as, as, as individuals, our responsibility is just not to take, to, to go back and be assertive. And this is maybe on me and maybe I'm projecting on you or whoever else would do a similar thing. But if you do receive good or bad service, I think it's worth our time to make a comment on either one of those things. Uh, and, and I think more often than not, if something bad happens, we don't want to deal with it. And we just walk away. But what, what that is, is like, it's a, it's a subtle, um, passive means of enabling. It delivers the message that it's a, what ha, what, whatever transpired is okay. And one, one really benign example that, I, that pops out in my head because somebody told me about this one time is when staff says, no problem. You know, let's take the Chick-fil-A example and you say, hey, I appreciate that. And they're like, my pleasure. Whereas somebody could say, no problem. Like, thanks for my coffee. No problem. Like, well, I mean, if you take those words, it's like, who would ever insinuate that it was a problem for you to do your job? You're basically telling me it wasn't a problem for you to do your job. And, you know, don't worry about me. You don't have to thank me because, you know, it's no problem for me. That, that's sort of the opposite end of the spectrum for my pleasure. That there, under no circumstances should it be a problem to deliver upon an agreement that has been made in basically the least amount of effort possible. Right <laughs> now, if somebody goes way above and beyond and like lifts a refrigerator into your car or something crazy, and just you know you're left again flabbergasted at the quality of service you're getting, maybe that that case they say, hey, it's no problem. I don't mind you know, giving you extra, but don't tell me it's no problem to do the basic baseline job that you've agreed to do. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, okay. And then in the context of the R versus should problem, I should, I should have spent more time talking about this, but maybe I did and just not directly. I think it would be easy to take this people suck at their jobs and turn it into like, to turn it into like a should, uh, right? Because it seems like accountability is something we could tell ourselves, well, we should be accountable. We should hold ourselves responsible. We should not enable people to do this, which puts that over on the side of the shoulds, right? And, and, and that's not what we want. We want to live more out of our R. And that's why, like I mentioned at the beginning, I think inherent to living in our R's and being the person that we were sort of born to be or the, that our DNA makes us the type of human that, um, that, 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 appreciates, validates, and, and justifies our ancestry and, is, and is, has gratitude and is appreciative and all these other th- things about what it is to be human. Inherent is that is, is holding ourselves accountable and, 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 and not enabling, right? So in as much as the R is do unto others as you would have them do unto you and focus as much as you can on what it is that you really believe without allowing with, with the sort of recognizing and filtering uh, through the outside um, pressure on your behaviors and your thoughts and your beliefs, not necessarily just keeping them away, but you know, just processing them and realizing that this is coming from another source and I need to consider this and, and 
uh, in that context and not as something that's coming from within me. I think part of that is, is, is that there's some responsibility. And that is to try to be aware when we are enabling other people to live in their should, basically, you know, to help sort of police that or at least recognize it. I'm not saying we have the authority or the right or the responsibility to go up to somebody and say, you're really drinking a lot. I think you should watch that. You know, if that's not a loved one, if that's just somebody on the street, you know, maybe that's not your business. That's for another podcast. But I think holding ourselves accountable for our behavior is critical. And so if I'm the employee, and I've done this, I have, I'm, I, I have, I have a tendency to get defensive because it's it's a part of me as I've as I've sort of explored this in in my uh, internal family systems work um, that defends myself by by putting up this sort of rude front that sort of says I'm smarter than you and you need to back off. I mean it's a defense mechanism, and I understand that. But but I have treated people less than ideally in the past. Not necessarily like an asshole, but just sort of maybe push them away rather than let let them in with open arms. And and so this is me not holding myself accountable for that behavior. I need to recognize that and and sort of be grateful I, because this is what I want, right? Not because I'm saying there's some rule that says I'm supposed to be accountable, but I want to be open. I want to be vulnerable. I want to love the people around me and not not push them away. But when I and, I, and I realize that I do it for a purpose because in the past I've been hurt. And so I've developed this sort of aggressive persona that pushes people away. Uh, but, but part of the living in my R is holding myself accountable for that and sort of saying, you're doing this thing that you don't like and, and can change. And so rather than enable myself, you know, I'm doing personal growth work. And so in addition to the golden rule, you know, in the list of assumptions that goes beneath this R versus should problem, there's something about uh, holding ourselves accountable when we know better, right? And so if I'm rude to a customer and I'm a barista and that customer walks away and I'm like, damn it, I should, I was rude. You know, I need to do something about that either by not doing it again the next time, talking about that with my coworkers, maybe going up to the customer if they're still around and being like, look, I'm sorry. I don't know what just happened. That was rude of me. And I take that on. So there's something in there. Um, if we want, and it's, and it's really part of the the same explanation for the bigger picture that will come out in the how-tos, I think, is if we want people not to suck at their jobs, we have to participate in the system that holds them accountable for that. And, I, and, and again, this is getting into like whose job is it, whose responsibility is it. This can be handled really poorly. <laughs> you are not that person's supervisor. You have no right to jump up in their face and cuss them out and tell them how much they suck. I don't think that's appropriate. You have all the right, I guess, in the world to do that. Um, but I don't recommend that that's how we do it. I think my point is that these checks and balances in the system of the human ecosystem have been lost or are being lost or being forgotten and not being practiced. And it's on us as individuals to do it for ourselves and for each other as part of the bigger mission of connectedness. And so... And much like it's important for me to look at people that normally make me cringe for whatever reason, because they're different, because I don't understand them, because our values don't align, 
And rather than cringe, I'm searching for ways to find the love for that person because I want to be connected and I understand the importance of being connected to people even if you disagree with them about political issues or or whatever. Well, it's the same thing here. If, If a person's behavior is inappropriate because they suck at their jobs, rather than me get angry about that and and turn it into me and negatively influence my personal system, how can I change this into a way to recognize how this is an opportunity to address a human species-wide issue that we all really would like to work on, right? I mean, and that's, and I think that's the gist of it. Um, and the last thing I, I, I'll sort of add on um, that I didn't talk about that I wanted to talk about is that the this has really been about employees and staff, but it's also about relationships. It's about parents and children. It's about husbands and wives. It's about spouses. It's about you know families. We hold each other accountable in different ways that aren't quite as explicit as the employer-employee relationship. It's easier to talk about in that form, but I think you can take this and and apply the model to any relationship really and you so you have to sort of one we assume that there's a responsibility of both parties to sort of um hold each other accountable for our shit because that's part of living in our in the r and then there's um varying degrees of appropriateness depending on the type of relationship that it is so the next time you encounter somebody that sucks at their job maybe we look at it as an opportunity and what are you going to do Instead of walking away mad or getting pissed off or sharing on social media how much that particular business sucks, you know, there are more constructive ways. I think that uh, that better reflect the people that we want to be. So that's knowledge plus experience equals wisdom, episode sixty-nine. People suck at their jobs. I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Take it easy. <laughs>